Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 203. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with Security News Writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Thanks, Rob. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> That's very philosophical of you. <laughs> I, so I, <laughs> I'm working on a couple uh, security research reports this week that are very good, very insightful. But between that, which and both of these reports uh, talk about sort of ransomware campaigns and threat campaigns. And then mm-hmm. today, since we're talking about uh, EXI args, it's just like, oh, I've been doing this for almost four years and, and, and things get more interesting, but they haven't really changed that much. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Risk and repeat, I guess. Um, yeah, it's uh, emphasis on the repeat. Yes, for sure. So we are recording this on Tuesday, February 14th. It has been over a week since this new ransomware strain first emerged and started hitting vulnerable uh, ESXi. Uh, mm-hmm. VMware ESXi servers. Um, and there's been a lot of new information uh, okay. about these attacks. And we discussed it in the first sort of uh, few days, the initial wave of attacks in last week's podcast episode. But there's been more information uh, that's come out since then. So we wanted to discuss that as well because the story is um, it's changing. So... What has happened in the last week, Alex? Um, a bunch has happened. <laughs> so the brief overview is that uh, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, they put out a decoder tool using some pre-existing open source uh, sort of de- decoding tools like what you mentioned uh, last week, I think. I think mm-hmm. you mentioned one of the tools that this was based on. Yes. Um, and then the day after that, uh, there were sort of news of another strain of ESXi args and sort of um, some details that were suggesting that maybe thousands of, of organizations or at least servers had been impacted by uh, this threat campaign. And then... Um, that's pretty much the general overview. Uh, there, there was the strain that that sort of came out, which also seems to be pretty scary. And then as we sort of get a week removed, one of the things I want to talk about, actually we should talk about it now before going into these, these other details, is how big of a deal is this threat campaign actually? Yeah. yeah. Um, because there's there aren't necessarily like millions and millions of these servers. There was this, it seems like there's about several thousand that are potentially mm-hmm. impacted. Let's say 3,000, 4,000. Yes. But those 3,000, 4,000 were hit quickly. They were hit fiercely. And um, the, some of them have been reinfected as a result of this new strain. So I think about the fact that we... Like we, we have like a few people on our sort of security team. We have a limited number of stories we can generate any given week. And this has been the majority of our focus. So I'm like, I wonder why 
so my theory on why like we've all sort of latched onto this is because um it is just such a intense campaign even if it's on the smaller side but i i think as news director i, I want to ask you like what sort of drew you to this as like the thing that we as a, as a team should should really focus on well i think it, two things number one anytime a, a an enterprise organization uh, comes out and says there's a wave of ransomware attacks coming and they're hitting this specific software and you got to update now that piques my interest. Mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't just get one enterprise saying that. We got several. We got several cloud providers, as we discussed last week, Scaleway, OVH Cloud, um, other companies as well, basically sounding the alarm Friday on this and saying, this is serious. We're seeing a lot of uh, threat activity, compromises of um, you know, ESXi servers, the other element to this, so, and at that stage, I mean, we talked about it in the last podcast. We, it, it, it was unclear how many U.S. organizations have been infected with this new ransomware strain, and it was unclear how many worldwide organizations had been hit. All we knew is what sort of these different, you know, open source um, searches and, and scans were showing us, whether it was Shodan or Census or other places. Um, and, and the numbers varied because the numbers aren't exact. They're based on, you know, uh, internet facing queries for, you know, I think in a lot of cases, the, um, the actual text or some of the text of the ransomware note. Um, so it's not always exact, but I think the other thing, like I was saying that piqued my interest was we don't know what's going on. This is a new ransomware. Mm -hmm. We don't know the threat actors. We don't know what the motive is. We're not sure if the uh, the if this is truly a financially motivated campaign and the threat actors or actor behind it is attempting to get paid. I have my doubts about that, but we're also not sure if this is just like a you know nation state wiper campaign, a not Petier or um, a wanna cry, where it looks like ransomware, but it's really just you're just griefing. You're just griefing as many organizations as you can possibly hit. Um, so it's a mystery. And that mystery element to me is what makes makes this an interesting story. Because how can you effectively defend and, and respond to something if you don't know the, the you know, sort of some of the core details of of the campaign, of the threat? And and that's gotten even stranger, weirder more mysterious over the last week um, because now we have even more questions about what's going on. I feel like we, we know less now than maybe we did when we recorded last Tuesday. I don't know. Is that yeah. possible? Um, I think it is. I, I know that was kind of a rhetorical question, but I think, <laughs> I think here, here's why, I think we know less is when we only knew a little bit and we probably theorize this about this on the podcast last last ish week. Um, we thought it was a few kids doing this kind of, I, or that was sort of, I forget if we discussed that on the podcast. We, I think we did. And, and but, a number but, of people have wondered about that. Like, and, and with good reason too. 
And by kids, we mean like literally people my age, <laughs> two years younger than me, right? Sure, um, but sure. but let's say young people who aren't necessarily the most technically adept and may have stumbled on some sort of crazy campaign. Um, and with that logic, it's like, okay, they stumbled into a vulnerability. This hypervisor threat enabled them to sort of mass launch a bunch of ransomware threat campaigns or a, a bunch of attacks, let's say yep. at mm -hmm. a pretty much identical time. But as more stuff came out, um, we sort of saw that, no, there's this new strain that's more advanced coming out. That's using it. And we thought it was at first, like maybe it was just a few crypto wallets, but no, there's tons and tons of crypto wallets. So it's not, I mean, it could be one threat group, but it doesn't really feel that way to me anymore. It feels like there's other people who are sort of jumping on as well, who we may not have necessarily originally counted accounted for, if that made sense. Um, and I think it's just been because there have been more details and so many more details that have come out are sort of headcanon about how this could have or probably did happen there's now a zero percent chance that that's what happened. So we're sort of lost a little bit. Yeah. It, it's weird because as you noted, you know, CISA comes out with that tool late Tuesday and mm -hmm. it's you know, a should, decryptor script on GitHub. Yes, this decryptor tool and says, you know, uh, here's a tool to help you with data recovery. Uh, it's based on the work of a couple of, uh, Turkish security researchers who um, found a, 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 like a, basically a weakness, a loophole in the um, in the encryption process of the original strain of ESXi args, and uh, I should say their names. Uh, Enes Sanmez, I believe I mentioned him uh, in the, the uh, last podcast, and uh, Amit uh, Akok. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing these names. Uh, I, I, I'm terrible with pronunciation, but wanted to give both those guys credit because they were first to sort of say, oh, there's, there's an error here and we can take advantage of it. And they released um, sort of a tutorial on how to recover data. Um, I believe they, they figured out that the, the process left, if I'm trying to get this right, flat VMDK files. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm, I am honestly not familiar with what, you know, a flat, uh, VMDK file is, um, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't encrypt that data, which seems strange. Like if you're targeting virtual machines and you leave out a type of file format that, um, is, is on those servers and you just didn't think to encrypt it or didn't program your software your 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 malware to encrypted seems really strange mm -hmm. anyway hey again going back to the script kitty thing like what's going on here and why why just the one wallet so we had those questions during the last podcast so did many other people lo and behold after cisa releases this tool i believe it was bleeping computer was the first to uh, report this, that there appeared to be a new um, strain of this ransomware. And the strain now in, uh, featured no uh, uh, cryptocurrency wallets. It just said, reach out to me on talks. 
the, mm-hmm. the chat, the peer-to-peer chat. And it, look, wouldn't you know it, had fixed the encryption error process. And it now will encrypt flat VMDK files. And now those free tools, at least for new victims of the newer strain, is they're, they're obsolete. They don't work. Um, or at least we haven't seen any reports that they work. A lot of people have said that they've tried and um, it just it's unsuccessful. So going back to your question, and this is this is why I think this is an interesting story. The second part of why I think it's an interesting story. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's like if you're good enough to figure out how to roll out a widespread ransomware campaign against vulnerable ESXi servers for a two-year-old vulnerability, and we're going to get into this in just a second, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have your payment process set up, you don't really have um, a way to, to sort of, uh, your, your encryption process is, has a huge, huge hole in it. So you were able to, to do one, but not the other? It seems strange. And it's not like there's a rush. This is, a, this is allegedly, um, you know, a two-year-old vulnerability in uh, ESXi. I say allegedly. It is a vulnerability, but it's allegedly being exploited. Sure. And, uh, but now you see that on the fly, whoever's doing this, says, oh, well, they pointed out these errors. So I'm going to fix, I'm going to fix the ransom note. I'm going to remove the, all the Bitcoin addresses or, or, you know, cryptocurrency addresses. Um, they have to contact me on talks. And also I'm going to do a little tweaking of the code on the fly and just, you know, fix some things and then, you know, redeploy it. So now there's, as your story, I believe pointed out, or maybe it was Ariel's story. Now there's a new wave of attacks, some of them hitting, the same servers that were hit before. So they've been double hit, yep. but with the newer strain, you can't recover the data. It's all just very odd. It's, it seems like at first glance, whoever did this, like you said, maybe script kitty, maybe a low level hacker just got lucky with something, but now you see the changes. I don't know. What do you think? I, as for how advanced these <laughs> guys are, <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, I let you know that I sort of, you know, having having gone through the the WannaCry and NotPetya ransomware campaigns, widespread, and those just I'm just want to say I'm not comparing the two. Those campaigns were wrecking balls. This is this is bad, but not nearly on the scale uh, of those attacks. Um, those were were just those were the benchmarks, as I've said before. Um, sure, but you know. I, I kind of wondered, you know, is this is this nation state? Is this just someone who's pretending to be a low-level hacker and um, they're not really interested in paying and they're just trying to, you know, cause grief and disruption for a lot of um, NATO countries because those are the ones that seem to have been hit the worst. France, Germany, Italy, U.S., they believe Canada as well, a bunch of not only NATO nations. I I know there's a lot of victims worldwide, but in big numbers, it seems like those are the the major victims, major regions. It could be. I, I think here's the reason I'm doubting um, 
that is the um I forget it was either census or shadow server. I think it was yeah. shadow server we were looking at. Yeah. I mean it could be that the product like most major market products just focus on the countries known as the West. Yeah. Um and which happens to include a lot of NATO countries. I also think that um these attacks seemingly being financially motivated but not very competently yes financially executed also is um goes against the grain because so north korea say what what you want about how goofy they are but they factor money making into they do their sort of government uh sort of fundraising which means that for as silly as, as some of their campaigns may look once in a while, they know how to make money from cybercrime <laughs> more than it seems that this campaign had has currently accessed. And and um, then it's like, okay, well, maybe Russia, um, because mm. even if Russia doesn't do the fundraising thing, they do work with ransomware actors. But a lot of the ransomware actors they work with, I feel like, and and maybe someone could could correct us on this, but I feel like this is true, are usually whatever barometer you use for competent ransomware actors, I feel like they at least work with the mid-tier ones. Um, You're probably right about that. I mean, it it seems like they're not, you know, they'll make an occasional mistake, um, but... Yeah, I would, and and they can be a little um, brash and bold and outspoken, and maybe their opsec isn't always great. But yeah, I think because you're right. People in the first wave of attacks, I mean, how much did did these guys get? Like eighty grand, and at least in the immediate uh, wave, at least as as far as it looked. Or well, that's was- the thing. We yeah, don't know, it, but it seemed like it was a pretty low amount of money. And if you were a nation state, wouldn't you not use a ransom note? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, wouldn't you rather have information for X number of hours or days? I, I um, guess, but maybe if rather you were, than get, yeah, maybe if you were just trying to cause grief and you wanted some plausible deniability. Maybe you do instead of hitting like Ukraine with wiper attacks directly and, and there being little to no pretense that that's what they were. Um, mm. Maybe with this, you just try to make it look like I, I just want to say for the record, I am not convinced that's what's going on. I think it's right. much more likely that this is just a cyber criminal who or, or a, a collective of cyber criminals that, um, you know, uh, found a, a, lucrative attack surface in vulnerable ESXi uh, servers and knew that these things were coming to, um, or the older versions were coming to end of support or had passed end of support. There probably weren't a lot of of patches and they could hit a lot of organizations and and make life miserable for a lot of uh, cloud providers. And, you know, maybe they, they, their technical skills are pretty sound, but they're, they're, they're ransomware savvy. Um, maybe their experience wasn't so great because just like we said, the, you know, the, the, the payment structure, uh, does not seem up to snuff. 
and the encryption obviously was was lacking. Mm -hmm. So, but I I mean you you noted this in I think your most recent story. So the, the I mean the FBI said FBI and CISA I think they issued a joint advisory I believe after um, CISA released its recovery tool. And I think they repeated a number that we've seen from like ransomware and other organizations that, you know, around 3,800 approximate numbers of, uh, is the approximate number of uh, ESXi ARGs victims to date. Um, that was last week. Who knows what it is now? Um, but I, you know, I've checked, I, I've looked, you know, like I, I don't think there's been any additional information about more than, you know, four payments being made. Um, which is just strange. I mean, it, it's, it is weird, right? Very weird. uh, You, you struggle to make sense of something like that. Uh, and it does for someone like me that remembers, you know, want to cry and not pet you. You're just like, okay, well, it, you know, these guys want to get paid. And if the payment, if they're not receiving payments, you guys start to wonder why, Mm -hmm. um, so it's unclear. And I think, so that's a big question. And then the other part of this mystery is, and this may be the most important thing, and it, it, it feels like we're going backward with what we know about how these attacks are committed. Initially, when information started coming out on Friday or, or Friday a week ago, what, what we thought we knew about the attacks was that they were exploiting a two-year-old vulnerability in ESXi that mm-hmm. a lot of organizations had not patched. Um, and that was CVE 2021-21974. Uh, I believe it was a heap overflow vulnerability could be remotely executed. Um, so so that, that comes out on Friday. And, you know, um, CERT, France, and I believe Italy, CERT in Italy, and, you know, so they're putting out advisories and so on and so forth saying this looks to be the, you know, the, the, the culprit, the attack vector here. Um, and I, I know this was odd to me when this happened, when VMware put out that advisory or that blog post on Monday and was just like, Oh, well, um, you know, greetings, greetings, programs, greetings uh, from the VMware Security Response Center. Uh, we want to address the recent reported ES. You know, you know, oh, happy day. They say VMware has not found evidence to, that suggests uh, unknown zero-day vulnerability. I mean, we, we covered this in the last podcast. But, you know, they just said most reports state that end of support or significantly out-of-date products are being targeted with known vulnerabilities. They don't say anything about the CVEs. Right. So I thought that was odd at the time. Then CISA comes out with its tool, doesn't say anything about the vulnerabilities being exploited. The, the joint advisory comes out. There's no mention of the specific um, CVEs uh, or, or no specific attribution uh, of the uh, attacks to specific CVEs. It's just like patch your systems, please patch your ESXi software. And I'm thinking like, okay, we're, we're eventually going to, you know, the, enough researchers have obtained the code here of this ransomware, both the old version, the original, 
and the new one that we should mm-hmm. start to get a better idea of like what's going on here like what are they really but we like i said it feels like we went in the other direction because you know two two researchers or two two vendors rather uh census and gray noise were both like you know we're, like we're we're doing, we're crunching the numbers here we're looking at this and it's like it's not clear to us that you know that uh that those vulnerabilities that have been mentioned are the are the are the reason for the attacks, and that's really concerning. <laughs> that is like that's I don't know. That's a little frightening to me because I I, I thought that we were pretty sure what was of of what was happening. I you know it was either two one nine seven four or it was um, a different CV. Uh, it was CVE twenty twenty. 3992 also in ESXi and that it was likely something to do with service location protocol. But as I believe it was, it was first um, it was in that first bleeping computer report about the new strain. There were people chiming in, I think, you know, on social media, but also on bleeping computers uh, forums saying we disabled that a long time ago. So that can't be the reason that we were infected with this. Well, if that's not the reason then, what is, what's going on here? Um, and if disabling SLP is not working, then I, I don't know, like, Hey, VMware, can, can you help us figure out what's going on? Like, this is really concerning to me. Um, I don't know. Like it, it just, do, do you think I'm wrong that we're potentially going backward here? This is really unsettling to me. I do think it's very interesting to go back to sort of the question I asked at the beginning, and I'm, and this doesn't even speak for tech target security, tech target editorial to say that despite being a vastly smaller campaign or series of campaigns than Log4Shell, you know, <laughs> Log4Forge, um, and uh, the exchange server attacks, that from an attention level and how much this grabs your attention level, mm. this campaign, the or these this sort of ransomware is more accurate to say, is punching way above its attention weight. <laughs> and I and I think there is truth to what you're saying, but as I was hearing you doing your um your sort of Charlie Day, always sunny in Philadelphia, sort of <laughs> connecting everything together. Yes. Um, not not conspiracy minded, but with the same level of enthusiasm. Yes. I'm just like, it's so interesting that although this is serious, that on an attention level, this does sort of really grab your attention in a way that those larger campaigns do. And like, there's so many stuff we don't know and we won't know. And it feels like VMware is, if not washing their hands of it fully, not really getting way in front of it. Like some other sort of vendors are. And it's just one of those things that put together. It's like, what a weird thing. ESXi args is. I I think we should, you you raised a, a, good point there that i think we should reflect on before we wrap up and that is like what what should vmware's role here be right because at this point like i said it's that it's been that monday blog post very vague very short no real information in there just like 
you know, disable SLP and update. Well, okay, that's fine. Um, but I know in the past when there have been attacks on um, the or major attacks or threat campaigns that have targeted software that was um, past end of support, you know, a company like Microsoft will step in and say, okay, well, we, we got to develop a patch, even though we said this is, you know, support's over for this and you got to either pay for extended support or it's even past that extended support window and we're not going to do anything about it. Like they, they've stepped up and, you know, released patches to address uh, some of those flaws. Now we're talking about windows, obviously that's, you know, it doesn't get much bigger in terms of user basis than that. It do probably doesn't get uh, bigger at all. Um, so compared to ESXi, I, I get it. But at the same time, when we talked about this last week, it, it, these versions aren't that old and we can debate whether or not it's, it's appropriate for them to have ended general support for like versions six, whatever. But it's not that long ago. It was four years and mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like VMware should be more involved in this. I and, agree. And, and, and rather than just saying like, okay, well, they're older and outdated and unsupported versions. And like, you you know, you're, you're you you're, should have listened, you know, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. But like, you still have customers out there and you still have people using that software. Right. And I know it's frustrating and I know they didn't update, you know, again, you can debate whether or not support should have been extended longer, but, but, but how, how about more information? How about just, you know, Hey, we're working with, you know, our, our, our threat detection team has looked at this and we, we don't think it's two one nine seven four, or we don't think it's three nine nine two. We think it's something else. Okay. What? If you have really reviewed the evidence and you don't think it's a zero day, good. I'm I'm glad. But now there are people who are saying that are casting doubt on the activity solely being about those two vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. So can we take a harder look? Can we weigh in? Can we do something? And and you know I, I I'm not going to bash CSIP because this is this is not really what they do. They rely for their advisories on the private sector to generate the intelligence and, um, and the information so that they can warn people. But like, it's also kind of weird that like, you know, they haven't said much mm -hmm. like, and I'm sure they've probably looked at some of these, um, or maybe not directly looked at some of these uh, attacks, but at least, maybe I've gotten some information about them. I, I, I just, I need some breadcrumbs here. I need somebody to come in and say, Oh, we've, we've, we have a pretty good idea. We can rule out these vulnerabilities. That's not the attack vector. We're looking at a new attack vector, but it's not, but it's not a zero or maybe it is a zero day. I don't know. The information around it seems to be extremely lacking on our side. And I mean, the U S side, I mean, VMware, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I know we gave, I gave credit to the cloud providers in France that got out um, on social media and were, were you know, uh, blasting the, the alarms and, and, you know, disclosing the activity and, and helping people get ahead of this. Good for them. I just, 
I need more from VMware. I, I just feel like not enough's being done there. Like, so th- there's a part of me that kind of understands if this is the case. It probably isn't. But if it is the case that VMware is like, we can't show weakness here or it's going to make <laughs> us look really bad. Um, and so it's like almost instead of going the crisis PR route, they went the completely opposite. And we're just like, this isn't our fault. We'll support our customers who come to us, but yeah. this isn't this isn't our fault. Um, but I, you almost wish there was something between it because it's like, okay, yeah. VMware, you make a good point. Um, but also, it'd be nice to see a little more of you right now. Yeah, and it just it feel like it changes the equation that you know it was just a series of attacks that unfolded you know a, a week ago. And it was over the weekend and it hit a few hundred here and there. But like, like we were talking about, the threat actor has adapted. They, they're reacting. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they're letting this go. It seems like there's been more attacks. There, I mean, there have been more attacks. We, we know that. Census and other places have said, you know, we're, ransomware, we're tracking new, um, new activity for this, this latest version. So, Okay. So somebody help me figure help people figure this out, and whether or not the the software is is out of date beyond support doesn't really factor in for me. It doesn't really matter. It's, mm-hmm. it, this is your software, and these are your customers, and maybe they are doing more behind the scenes. But like, okay, you got to say you got to give me something. You got to say we're looking into this. We've seen reports of new activity, new threats, new versions. And we are um, working on trying to uh, uh, provide the proper mitigation and, and, uh, and rep, uh, patching remedies, whatever. I don't know. Something, something. I, I just feel like that's what a vendor of that stature needs to do in the face of even a smaller campaign like this. Um, but we haven't seen that. I don't know that we will, to your point. Maybe they're just like head down. This is it. On the other hand, maybe in part three of this podcast, we'll we'll be singing a different tune, huh? Yeah, stay tuned for episode three of the uh, ESXi ARGS Uh, Chronicle. Tech Target's uh, ESXi ARGS series. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Patreon exclusive. Yeah, hopefully we won't be doing that. yeah, I, 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 it's possible, but you know, fingers crossed. Maybe we're coming to the end of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's too optimistic. I, I told you, I'm trying to be more optimistic, I'm trying to be more positive this year. It's not working out. It's tough. It's tough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound surprised at all. That's no, great. it's just it's like it's one of those things where this feels like a three act play and it feels like we're in act two. Oh, so gosh. I'm like, I'm cautious to speculate further when news yeah. could, could drop tonight as of, yeah. as of this recording. That's on. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We should probably end it here and get cracking on, you know, production, all that stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, Cause who knows what's going to happen? Another, another alert, another advisory, maybe, maybe VMware tease up a statement in the next hour. Who knows? Um, but Alex, I appreciate yeah. you discussing the latest with uh, ESXi ARGs and this ransomware campaign and all the mystery and questions around it. Uh, thank you very much. 
course, Rob. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Tech Target Editorial and the Risk and Repeat podcast. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.